0: He just wanted a tiny bit more money. So he and I worked together and came up with like a game plan. I'm like, all right, tell me why you are the most badass person on the planet that does this position. And I'm gonna make sure that the company understands that too. And I was able to write up this like beautiful paragraph essentially explaining why this guy was so amazing and sell it to comp. Welcome to Security Cleared Jobs, Who's Hiring and How, the podcast for cleared professionals looking for new opportunities and career advice. We go behind the scenes with recruiters and hiring managers from leading cleared employers to uncover the information you need to make a smart career move. Get ready for insights from this week's guest and your hosts,
1: Kathleen Smith and Rachel Bozeman
2: welcome everyone. This is Kathleen and we're ready to dive into another show where we get to learn about a fabulous cleared facilities employer. By my side always is Rachel and in our production booth is Ashley with her intern who's now taking his bottle, which is really great. So he will be quiet for a while. So Rachel, what what's going on with you
1: today? Well, a bottle, well, maybe some bottles will keep me quiet, but... <laughs> Today, I am ready to talk with our good friend and talk
2: a little bit more about careers and all sorts of fun stuff. So we're excited to be talking to a dear friend in the community, Meg Pexup, Principal Cyber and Robotics Recruiter with Sandia National Laboratories. Meg was one of our first podcast guests back in the spring of 2022 when she was then with Idaho National Labs. Meg,
0: it's great to have you with us today. Thanks for inviting me back. It's, it's one thing to be invited in the first place. It's something else entirely to be invited back. That's a big deal.
1: <laughs> and we couldn't think of anybody better to invite back. So super excited that you are talking with us again. So what's been going on with you? Fill us in a little bit about where you're at with Sandia, kind of the background there. What, what's been going on with you,
0: my friend? recruiting right is kind of same the same across the board if you can recruit for one industry you can pretty much recruit for any industry you just got to learn how to not sound like a total idiot when you ask questions and the keywords to ask keywords to look out for with the answers so i'm pretty much doing that but just for a company that's three times the size so it's been drinking from the fire hose big time lots of a uh, lots of learning a lot of the processes and procedures are different, but the basis is still the same. I got to find the best of the best talent. We're looking for like senior and distinguished and principal level people. The type that like maybe exists like one to 2% in the world. I'm exaggerating, but it's, it's, they're hard. <laughs> <Right>? they're hard. <laughs> but we know no one better than you to find them. Well, I appreciate that. So the national laboratories
2: are always just sort of a favorite topic of mine because I really feel that they provide the backbone to our science and and all the really hard work that we do and and really uh, support our overall infrastructure. But help people understand, can you fill us in a little bit more on the role and mission of Sandia Labs?
0: The the main focus of what we are working on at Sandia National Lab, so a lot's with like nuclear deterrence and nuclear nonproliferation and basically keeping the stuff that we are working on safe on our soil and out of the hands of the bad guys. So there are lots of uh, safeguards in place, and, and the types of people who I look for are all cybersecurity focused, whether the Program or project be for uh, information technology or operational technology, creating applications, pretty much everything. So what we do in my division. So I'm in Division Nine Thousand, and we're kind of like, for for a very simplified way to put it, we, we kind of like lend people out to the rest of the lab to work on all of the different projects and programs that they work on. So because of that, the people in our division are very well-versed in what's going on with the other different divisions. So very large national security focus, nuclear deterrence, or nuclear nonproliferation, nuclear deterrence focus, and things like that.
1: All things that just roll right off the tongue. So So easy. So easy. So
0: easy, (laughs) schmeasy.
1: But I have to tell you, I am like, digging the new title, Principal Cyber and Robotics Recruiter, like pretty cool. So, you know, kind of looking at the different things that you're hiring for, obviously, we know it's in the cyber and robotics and you were giving us some, um, you know, some insights to those different pieces. But what are the different type of cleared positions that you're currently hiring for? And is there anything specific, especially in that cyber and robotics space that just keep you up at night and definitely on the hunt for?
0: Um, So the types of positions that I'm working on, we are moving a large portion of the applications that we support into the cloud. So a lot of the positions I'm working on are cloud-focused. We also have lots of developers, typically back-end developers. We're not really creating front-end applications that users interact with, but we're mostly working on back-end technologies like Java and C++. One of the teams that I work with, the way they kind of described it was... If it flies, we create programs to communicate with it from the ground. So that was pretty cool, right? And all of those things, because of the nature of the work with like the nuclear deterrence, they have to have a very strong cybersecurity component. So every single position, every single one requires a clearance.
1: Are you hiring outside of Albuquerque or kind of like, where is the scope? Where are these? Where are the roles?
0: So, all except for one so far have been on-site in Albuquerque. So, I was hiring for a Ruby on Rails developer, which apparently it's still the unsung hero. It's just over in the in the corner, still doing its thing, but just uh, a little quieter than I, I remember. But that's the only one that I've that I've worked on in this past ten months or so that has been 100% remote. Didn't matter where you lived, but Because of the skiffs and the the way you have to be connected and that sort of thing, pretty much all of them are on site at least half the time. We do have two locations. We have a location in Albuquerque, and then we have one in California that I will sometimes see positions at. But for the majority of them, I'd say 99% are in Albuquerque.
1: So since you're here representing Sandia, tell us a little bit about the culture and who's somebody that would really thrive in that type of environment?
0: For those people who are going to watch this, who haven't seen my last one or have seen me out in in person, I normally have purple hair or magenta hair. And that is how I interviewed for this position. I am covered in tattoos. I have a nose ring. I, you know, I think that describing what I look like is a really good example of, of what the culture is like, what they're open to. It's not the type of stuffed shirt type environment where you have to wear a suit and tie or the women have to wear skirts or any nonsense like that. It's more about what you can bring to the table, not just with your knowledge, but also with your personality. I think that from what I've seen across the board with the lab system, I think they do a really phenomenal job of hiring not only skill sets, but also personalities they would rather train a couple of a couple of things and have a really good personality fit versus hire brilliant jerks that you have to work <laughs> alongside for 40 hours a week. What I can tell you is that in the last year or so we hired a whole team of technical recruiters at Sandia and our job is solely to find the passive candidates, the ones who aren't necessarily looking are for lack of a classier way to put it, we're professional stalkers. We find people who aren't listed or who don't necessarily want to be found. And we start a cold conversation with them to bring them on site.
2: Awesome. I love it how you always have this description. Look, got purple hair, magenta hair, blue hair, and and all this, because I don't think people understand that to be researchers, you also have to have fun. Mm -hmm. So Meg, the clearances that your folks have are L and Q, Department of Energy clearances. How do those compare with the secret and top secret clearances that we normally see in the rest of the DOD world? And what are your experiences with those clearances Transferring over to DOE and is a lengthy process. Is it convoluted process?
0: Not that I've seen for the last five years that I've been in the lab system. It seems a lot easier to get a, a DOE clearance if you already have a DoD clearance. So the the L is equivalent to a DoD secret, and the Q is equivalent to a DoD top secret. I just hired somebody not too long ago. Gosh. I think he got his, I don't think he had one at all. And he got his clearance in like three months. So long gone are the days. I guess the backlog is caught up because when I first started working in the the lab system, it was taking 18 months, if not more, to get an L clearance, to get early, you know, the, the secret equivalent clearance. So I hope that it stays that way. I know that time will tell.
2: Yeah, and I know that uh, Rachel has a very quick question with a very quick answer coming through.
0: Spoiler alert, Budge.
1: But yes, you kind of alluded to this earlier, but for sake of just getting it out there and making sure we rip the Band-Aid off, remote and hybrid work.
0: Lots? Little? None? Well, so remote, pretty much 1%. You know, that, that Ruby on Rails position was the only one that I've had, and I've worked here since August. Hybrid, though, the majority of the positions are hybrid. However, hybrid means you got to go on site, right, every once in a while. So because of that, you do still need to be within 100 miles of the lab. So, yeah, I mean, we're we're getting there. But I think that they said the other day, like, 20% of our our employees are now hybrid. So we're seeing that number kind of eke ever upward. Sorry, didn't mean to spoil
2: your, your your question there, Rachel, but you know, had, had to do a little drum roll there. So how, Meg, how are you competing for the talent that you need? I mean, what are Sandia's key selling points for cleared professionals?
0: So the things that I love, we have an amazing schedule. We have either a 980 or a 410. I am on a 410 right now, and I absolutely love it. First off, because it's so easy to work 10 hours in a day, so why not just knock it out in the beginning of the week? and still have a life on the weekends. It's amazing how short two days can actually feel. So there's that. Um, the other thing that we have that I think is really amazing is that if you max out the contributions on your 401k, you're looking at a 16% yield on it. And that's pretty amazing. A, a large portion of that, I think 6% of that that of the percentage Sandia contributes with or without your contribution. So even if you start to work for us and you don't have any extra money to contribute, we actually put 6% of your annual salary into a 401k for you. That portion of the 401k fully vests after three years. The part that you contribute will fully vest immediately. So if you leave before three years, you get to take what you've contributed. If you leave after three years, you get to take it all. So I always tell everybody, if you leave, just do it after three years. We also have a like a killer relocation package. It includes like housing, and we help pay for your your uh, closing costs. And we have a company that helps you sell your house and does like appraisals and marketing and all that stuff. We give you a house hunting trip for six days and seven nights. We'll move your spouse with you. We help your spouse find a job once they get here. I mean, it is just. Like the gold standard, you know, it's, it's a really amazing relocation package. And, you know, killer benefits too. And what's kind of nice about the benefits is that they're on a sliding scale. So if you're an entry-level person, you're not going to pay as much as a director to, to uh, get the same kinds of benefits. So we give breaks to the people who are just coming out of college and probably still have some pretty hefty student loan bills. To deal with. So that's, that's nice too. I've never seen that any place else. So I thought that was kind of cool whenever I joined. And those are just my favorites. There's a bunch of other benefits too. Awesome. Love it. And you know, something that you are is just
1: amazing and amazingly cool, but you're also really good at giving tips um, to those clear job seekers out there. So yes, because I don't mind also begging, <laughs> um, would you mind sharing some of your amazing tips that you think our listeners
0: would love to learn from you? Sure. So what's really nice about the labs is that a lot of what we do, not everything, of course, but a lot of what we do can be found in white papers online. So as you're applying, there's going to be a ton of information that will help you during your interview to learn a little bit about the company and and about the position. I always also recommend sometimes I don't think people fully wrap their brains around the idea that whenever you're interviewing, whenever you're sending your resume places, you're selling yourself. So you have to be able to market that package. So if I go out and if I'm a car salesman, I'm going to talk to you about like the gas mileage and the safety features and that sort of thing. I'm not going to tell you, Hey, it's red. You know, I mean, we're going to get a little more detailed about it. Right. So networking on like LinkedIn and in-person events are great i know that they can be expensive to go to so they're a nice alternative but linkedin is a really good place to to market yourself to network to get to know people there's something to be said about just being active like having some sort of activity on linkedin fairly regularly i interviewed with one of my old coworkers who's now the recruiter at drago's the other day and he was kind of asking the same question and i'm like well make it a vocation you know like your job is to do this, but marketing yourself is also a very important part of your your position right now so simple simply liking people's posts posting stuff yourself doing research that's always going to be very very impressive and you're boring your way into somebody's in the back of their brain whether you realize it or not so if they see your name come through as an applicant they're going to wonder like how do I know this person and there's going to be some sort of a positive name association that goes along with it. And then, of course, like resumes and stuff. I mean, I don't care about what you did more than 10 years ago. I know you do, but I don't. And a big part of resume writing is consider the first person who reads it. The last person to read it, the hiring manager, great. They might understand all the jargon and the lingo and everything like that. They might understand that this technology is sort of close to this one, so I don't have to list both. But the first person who reads it isn't going to know that. Recruiters know very shallow levels of you know the variety of different things we work on. So make it easy for the first person. List your education at the top if it's a requirement. List your years of experience at the top if it's a requirement just make it as easy as possible for us to pass you through because you get about four to eight seconds to grab our attention before we decide if we want to keep reading the resume.
2: That's great stuff. It's all great stuff. So what is the most recent cool hiring experience? Because there are, your your hires are few and far between because you're looking for such really cool talent. So what was the most wow we really got that person, you know, what was it that it was a success story for
0: you and your team that you, you convinced someone to come join you? Sure. I met this guy at Texas A&M University. They sent me there just because it was my first event I had been here for about a month and I met this guy who was just stellar. He was about to graduate with his PhD in computer science. One of those purple quadricorns where it's like they are so, so incredibly intelligent. They they know um, how to communicate and explain things in a way that people like me can understand. So I was very driven and very motivated to get him into our family so we got to the point they're interviewing back and forth. He has plenty of time, you know, because this is like back in December. So we're, we're, we're taking our sweet time with him. And eventually it gets to the point where we make him an offer. And there was like crickets. So I'm like, okay, wait a second. There's something that ain't right here. But I called him uh, and I was like, okay, what's going on? There's got to be something here that you're not telling me. So we just had this we had this very candid conversation. And I was like, okay. Let me see what I can do. He just wanted a tiny bit more money. I mean, it wasn't really, it wasn't outrageous or anything like that. So he and I worked together and came up with like a game plan. I'm like, all right, tell me why you are the most badass person on the planet that does this position. And I'm going to make sure that the company understands that too. So we came up with this list of things that he did that were potentially different than what other new folks had that were to join the team. And I was able to write up this like beautiful paragraph, essentially explaining why this guy was so amazing and sell it to comp. And within 24 hours, they came back and they're like, you're right, sounds great. And I was able, we were able to go back to him with a better offer. And I felt such a sense of accomplishment, you know, because the best part of recruiting is being able to do that, being able to be the advocate Everybody has their favorite part of the jobs, and that's mine. So, and I'm still getting excited about it, in case you couldn't tell. I feel like I'm getting red. <laughs> that's
2: great. And everyone thinks recruiters are so boring. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs>
0: I I love that. I was getting excited
1: as a recruiter at heart because it really is. We get a bad stigma of just being resume executors, right? Eh, You're out. But really it is that, it's that advocate. It's that partner. It's that person that's going to listen and give advice. I mean, pretty much kind of everything. So
0: that's right. Yeah. We're doctors, we're therapists, we're, you know, we're all that stuff. (laughs) We are all of the above. So I
1: know that people are going to want to stay in touch with you, especially because you do check all of the above
0: boxes. So how in the heck can they get a hold of you? Well, currently, my email address is mgduba at sandia.gov. Um, And I'm constantly on LinkedIn. I will accept pretty much every invite unless it's like asking me to buy insurance or something along those lines. (laughs) I get those
2: sometimes. (laughs) Oh yeah, we all get them. We all get them.
0: And as always, it has
1: been an absolute pleasure getting to chat with you again, learn with you again.
2: Meg, thanks so much for joining us. It's great seeing you again. My pleasure, always. We had another great conversation with our friend Meg. She always has such great advice. Rachel, what did you enjoy about
1: our visit? Well, I always just love Meg. She's just such a ball of energy, positivity, and has some cute little fur balls on top of that. But something that I really enjoyed in just listening to her was just kind of the reminder of the different roles and the different facets that exist as a recruiter. It's not just someone who's that gatekeeper that looks at your resume and says, in or out. It really is that person that's going to advocate. It's the person that really genuinely cares, um, in making a good match both for the candidate as well as the company. And I think she just embodies all of that. And it got me excited and a good reminder of, you know, why I do what I do and why so many do what they do and why you should be nice to your recruiter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We we need a national Love Your Recruiter Day. I'm making it. It's going to be a new club. Join the club. (laughs) But what did you enjoy, Kathleen?
2: I just love the National Laboratories. I mean, I don't think they get enough promotion and I think it's really great that they have, we've talked to many different great recruiters from the National Labs on this show and Meg is just pers- personified, you know, that they look for top talent, they look for people who want to really go out of this world or take care of really big, big, big issues. So I just love talking to people who, who, tackle that big stuff I mean there's some big stuff we tackle in the security cleared community but you know the national labs doesn't get a lot of promotion so I'm going to get out there with my sandwich sign and say go work for the national labs so that was another great show thanks for following us share us with your friends and we look forward to you hear us on our next episode and be nice to
0: your recruiter yes